If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good evening, everybody. Good morning, everybody. It is April 3rd, 2022. This is your WrestleMania 38 Night 1 recap. I am Don Tony, and as you all saw in the title, I am not alone. Join along with me tonight is... Anthony Missionary Thomas. What's going on, DT? What's What's going going on? on? Also joining us tonight... Kevin Castle. What's up, guys? (laughs) We got Kevin Castle. We got Joey Numbers. And we are going to talk WrestleMania 38. Mish, just so everyone knows on YouTube, uh, we are simulcasting tonight. Wrestling Soup is currently streaming on Spreaker, Stitcher, Discord, iHeart. And I'm doing good old YouTube. So I'm going to give the floor to Mish. And we will uh, talk about WrestleMania 38 Night 1. Yeah, I guess that's how we'll do it. Much love to everybody. Welcome to WrestleMania 38's post-show Wrestling Soup. I'm Anthony Missionary Thomas. He's Don Tony. Got Kevin Castle and Joey on the line as well. Um, opening it up for tonight was the big moment in Dallas. Um, going through, obviously, there was a lot of cool things that happened. We got a chance to see Stone Cold back in an actual match. The Cody Rhodes reveal was honest. Uh, there were so many fucking plays before this where uh, who, who, who did we hear? We heard Undertaker. We heard Bray Wyatt. Uh, I think even Elias Veer. <laughs> I heard Veer. Like, Shane McMahon. Shane, yeah, Shane. Shane. McMahon. Yeah. yeah, man. And overall, some really good intros and stuff like that. But 
I guess we can start right off with the card. Uh, first match on the card was the Usos, Jimmy and Jay versus Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs. Uh, tag team match for the WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Your thoughts, gentlemen? Oh, boy. Well, I mean, this was probably the only mercifully short match on the entire show, and mostly that was because there was an injury, which is kind of going to show you how we structure the matches now on this WrestleMania card, where what it takes is an actual physical ailment for us to uh, cut a little bit of fat off the top. So (laughs) the match itself was obviously severely hindered by the fact that Books got injured, what, three minutes into the thing? But, yeah. you know, other than that, I, I, I'll give it this. It knew to just take it home. They didn't sit around. They didn't linger. They didn't try to do five to seven minutes of Nakamura fighting back when everybody knew exactly how this shit was going to end. So, yeah, I mean, it was fine for what it was. But considering what the match had to become because of the injury, yeah, it was it was fine. What else could you fucking say, you know? Well, you know, word word is that, number one, Nakamura and Rick Boogs were supposed to win the tag titles tonight. But um, obviously with the Boogs injury, and I posted a little quick clip in the uh, on the video, and as you could see, uh, he had one of the Usos on his shoulders. And once again, to show his unbelievable feat of strength, he had another Uso jump on his shoulder and his knee buckled, his leg buckled, and as a result, he has a torn quad. So he is going to be out for an extended period of time. Um, yeah. So they had to do an audible, and the Usos ended up retaining. The big question is now, since they had Nakamura and Boogs in the plans of being the tag champs, who now steps up? No disrespect. I don't want the Usos and the New Day to feud once again. So where do we go from here? Well, if you really take into account the fact that Rick Boogs and Nakamura being considered the best option is just that. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like them them going, hey, you know what will be really, really good? Uh, a steroid Freddie Mercury and a guy that's very clearly checked the fuck out. That's the best option for us currently. So, uh, Rick, I mean, I don't want to shit too bad on Rick Boogs. I'm not going to sit here and be like, he's, he's terrible, he's awful. But let's be real. It's a silly comedy character for a guy that looks like he could beat up 90% of people in wrestling. So that obviously kind of takes away from the whole situation. But, yeah, I mean, is it really that big of a tragedy? If the, As far as I'm concerned... Roman Reigns could hold the belt for another year until whatever they can, you know, finagle the rock to show up. And the Usos could hold the titles for another year because who else is there? Who's really knocking on the door? uh, It really seems like nobody. What did you think of the match, Kev? Yeah, I agree with Joe. I mean, you know, they they made the best out of the situation. I mean, now hearing that Boogs and Nakamura were supposed to win the titles, that sucks for Boogs. His WrestleMania moment is getting brutally injured. Uh, you know, he's doing the strongman gimmick. I saw it last night on SmackDown, you know, doing a lot of feats of strength. Kind of modern-day Ken Patera and, and like Ted Arcidi, if you remember Don Tony, uh, back in the day, which is which is cool. I mean, no one's done that gimmick in a long time. But, yeah, now he's hurt. Did you guys think he was hurt right away when you saw him stumble like that, or did you think it was part of the show? I thought it was part yeah, no, of the I, show. Yeah. 
No, I felt like he was really screaming. I don't know. It it seemed so out of place for that moment. I, I wasn't buying it as part of the act. It looked like he was actually in pain, and it was funny. Well, not funny, but after they stretchered him up there, they took some shots of his leg, and it had already swollen up to like three, four times its size. Yeah. Like this, he's, he's hurt, and he's hurt pretty bad. Nobody has any idea right now, obviously, until he goes to a doctor and gets it scanned to know how long he's out. But the match itself was okay. You know, for what it was, Shinsuke kind of picked up the ball. Obviously, you know, he lost the match. And the Usos retain, and that's what it is. It's easy, though, for the Usos to go anywhere from this. The Usos are a plug-and-play kind of tag team. They can be a part of, you know, any kind of uh, uh, match and still draw. Hey, uh, Joe, your your audio just got to shit, bro. Oh, I know. I uh, Trust me, I, I'm driving through here. I'm not far off from home right now, so it's, I'm just a couple minutes away. I'm just boogs and along here. I shouldn't it's gonna be much longer. The professionalism is astounding. Now, well, I'm just trying to I'm just trying to not blow my audio out in the first three minutes. That's all. Oh, okay. Yeah, all right. Don't 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 blow your quad either way. Right? Yeah. By the yeah, way, yeah. big shout out to everybody. You know just don't blow anything. All right. Yeah. Just stop blowing things. Big shout out to everybody who is uh, live with us tonight. Of course, everybody on yeah. the replay as well. But uh, you know, we're starting this past midnight. Thank God it's only Saturday, so we can sleep late. But tomorrow night, they got to manage this a little bit better because we're not going to jump ahead, but they did cut a match tonight. I guess we could just bring that up very quickly. You know, the New Day versus Sheamus and Ridge Holland was cut for time. Now, there's early word that WWE is going to put them possibly on the pre-show for tomorrow which I think they got to make good and give them a match after everything that happened. Plus, those fans, you know, it's a shame the fans tonight didn't get to see it, but uh, especially with Big E. I don't think Big E is in Dallas, Texas. But, you know, I was thinking to myself, you think it's possible that Big E may come out, you know, just to make an appearance? Because we've seen him walking on the street, so that match may actually happen tomorrow. But with Boogs and Nakamura... You know, we were talking about the possibility of a tag team in NXT maybe coming to the main roster. Could that possibly be the next opponent for the Usos? Want to take that one, Kev? Yeah, no, I would think so. I mean, listen, the tag team division is pretty weak, so that that would be, be good. And I like that faction of uh, Sheamus and Ridge Holland and, and Butch, uh, a.k.a. Pete Dunne. So, yeah, I mean, they should have the New Day. New Day's a big act. They can't leave the New Day off of WrestleMania. They'll catch hell for that if they do that. Yeah. Well, no, still I mean, also, you got to think about this too, Mish. Like, when we're talking about, you know, them cutting Sheamus off the show, them shutting the New Day off, it was way more important for them to get Happy Corbin on the on the program tonight. That was that was a pivotal part of the show for them to have Happy Corbin, who has now moved away from Five Finger well, Death Punch Biker to become a sickly tapeworm fucking Lubega. That needed to be on the show. That was vital to the show's quality. And why would we ever want to put the New Day on there when we could have Drew McIntyre and his sword? go way too long with a guy that probably shouldn't even be on the card at this point. So uh, I, you know, I think you're selling, I think you're selling happy Corbin a little short. I mean, did you not see that wonderful video package of when he was a bum on the side and they were asking him, is he still going to continue to wrestle because, because he's now a bum 
and bum ass. Then he bum made, ass. Yeah, bum ass. <laughs> and then he made all of his money in Vegas. More more money than you would make in a, in a year. So and now all of a sudden they they showed the 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 rags to riches story of Happy Corbin. How could you not support? a guy that has come up from the ground like that. It really is that, touching. The only feels. thing that that promo reminded me of is the fact that in eight years, that was the only three months of it. He's been entertaining. <laughs> you know what? It's, you know, what does that say about his family? His wife and his kids left him because he didn't have money. He gets money and they come back. Who the fuck you married yeah. to? I wouldn't want to be married to Twitkin, some uh, kid, you know, that leaves me for money. If anything, you get the money and you turn around and you say, here, suck this, bitch. You ain't coming back. I think he's married. I think he's married to Jada Pinkett Smith. Isn't that that, that would be the assumption? Oh, I, 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 I don't need anybody throwing shit at me, man. You keep Ridge Holland off the fucking you, show. You, you know, the, the the sword that McIntyre used, that was legit. He really did cut the rope with that sword because they oh, used those. No, 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 no. Because if you go back, they actually, I was, I went back and I rewound the first match and they did a little bit of uh, work from the rope. So. You know, if, if with the Usos and Nakamura and Boogs, if that rope was gimmicked that much, as soon as they ran the rope, it would have snapped in half. So, uh, you know, they probably didn't wrap it tight, I'm sure, you know, because it is cable. But, um, you know, it's, I thought it was all right. But, you know, the, bi the big thing about this match was the fact, and I didn't even realize this, it just shows you how much I care about Baron Corbin, Nobody has ever kicked out of the end of days. And today, Drew McIntyre kicked out of the end of days. So they were making that big deal as history. Yeah, yeah that was the big historic deal, guys. Baron Corbin's <laughs> end of days got kicked out from. Jesus. Well, uh, no, no, no. Move over, Stone Cold. Move over, Cody oh. Rhodes. The end of days got kicked out of guys. Did you did you see the faux pas that happened on the pre show tonight when they interviewed Rick Boogs? No. no oh, I gotta show it to you. And by the way, for anybody that's was at the watch party yesterday, you will vouch for me on this. And I, I do have the video. I just haven't had a chance to upload it. It when I post it, you will hear me do predictions of the whole battle royal. We literally predicted every elimination in order and i predicted moss to win the battle royal but when they interviewed him tonight at the pre-show you know hey 2022 andrew the giant battle royal winner if you look up close uh, look <laughs> andrew the giant Oh Jesus! Oh uh, yeah, it's somebody in the in the in the uh, oh, no, typing department. He's the 2022 Andrew the Giant Battle Royal winner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, the joke oh, is on you, Moss. Oh man! Oh man! I, well, you know what? That that was a big moment in the career of Harry Hogan when he body slammed Andrew the Giant. So, that's right. That's right. Uh, no, no real wrestling yeah. historian that knows that. You know what I mean? Oh, uh, no, that's true. That's true. Well, that was, I, I especially was, enjoyed his manager, Bobby the Brian Heenan. So that was. Oh uh, uh, yeah, remember remember that match with Ultimate Walter? That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I see a lot of people talking about Cody. We will get to him. No. We will get oh, to him. <laughs> we want to wait until Joey is home and he's nice and comfy, and so we can really piss him off. <laughs> oh no, I'm. I think I might actually, if it sounds okay, I might just stay in my car because I'm going to be. It might be extra loud. Okay. Oh, yeah. oh okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Oh. I'm well, not trying to so wake up the neighborhood. Next match we had on the card was the Miz and Logan Paul versus Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio in a tag team match. 11 minutes, 15 seconds. You know, once again, going down the celebrity status, I wasn't sure. I mean, we talked about this on all the shows that we weren't really sure what Logan Paul was going to bring to this match. Was he going to be something interesting to watch on the level of a bad bunny? Was he going to be another snooky? You know, you figured with his background that we would have gotten something special. And overall, I thought this was a really good match. I think Logan Paul understands that the audience really doesn't care for him. They don't like him. And uh, he did a good job mocking Eddie Guerrero in there, and it was a lot well, of fun spots. It, it was pretty cool because it, at the beginning, a lot of people didn't realize it, but Dominic, I know you really can't see it too much over here, but Dominic Mysterio did pay homage to Eddie Guerrero. That is Eddie Guerrero's outfit, I think, when Worlds Collide, when he teamed up with Art Bar. But, um, yeah, Los, Gring Los Gringos Locos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And by the way, you know... Um, uh, Logan Paul wearing the Pokemon card around oh. his chest. He did that also mm -hmm. for his fight against Floyd Mayweather. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. This, and it, it really is the most expensive card on record. Uh, they claim I, it's a million-dollar card, which just blows me away. I can't tell you, leaving my office, because Pokemon became big around 99 I started my office in 98, and I can't tell you how many times I would leave my office, walk to my car to go home, and on the floor there would be Pokemon cards everywhere. I just never understood. Like, I could see you buy scratch-off tickets and you lose and you throw it on the floor, but there would always be mounds of Pokemon cards on the floor. And to think that it's worth this kind of shit, that's crazy. But Logan yeah, Paul tonight, I thought he did, did good. I love the mocking of Eddie Guerrero. It was the saddest thing about the Logan Paul appearance was it was a, a staunch reminder of the fact that they can pull people off YouTube, uh, off Spotify, just random people in entertainment, and they somehow get it more than people that they pay hundreds of thousands of dollars a year to learn how to wrestle. And that's one of the fucking scariest things. Also, I don't know if you noticed this too. Uh, Dominic Mysterio did also have a, another random homage in there, which was um, to the Magic School Bus because he looked like he was seven years old the entire time. So <laughs> there was really no Dominic Mysterio. The fact that that guy one didn't go through NXT, two nobody pulls him aside and shows him how to curl a weight. Uh, it's it's a nightmare. It's an absolute nightmare. If you showed that match to anybody that didn't actively watch the show, you would swear to God, you would swear that this random skinny guy with Rey Mysterio was someone they pulled from the crowd. You can put him in the gear. You can send him out there. He can do the high spots if he feels like it. But realistically, there was only one person in that match that didn't look like a pro wrestler and it was the guy that's a pro wrestler. So that's a little concerning unto itself. So, yeah, it might be time to put Dominic uh, back in the oven for a bit because this was not not 
good on his end and good aesthetically. But yeah, Logan Paul, whichever, Sean Paul, uh, Paul Abdul, whoever the fuck he was, he did a great job. What did you think of the match, Kev? I thought it was I, – I enjoyed the match. I'm not the biggest Miz or Mysterio fan, but I thought they did well. And as I told you the other night, I had this feeling Miz was going to win and get the pin because he loses too much. They got to give Miz a win of, at some point. And not only did he get the win, but then, you know, skipping ahead a little bit, turning on Logan Paul kind of threw me a little bit, and I wanted to see what you guys thought of that. And what are they doing there with him turning on Logan Paul? Well, they kind of planted the seeds a little bit. You know, when they were in Ohio, Logan Paul wasn't talking shit. And he seemed almost a little bit reserved. He was more about the the adulation and fame. I think Miz didn't want to share the spotlight, and that's kind of why he took out Logan Paul. And uh, Logan Paul... continued feud, though, Mish? I think they're going to have... It might be. He hinted, he hinted on social media at the fact that he wants to stick around. And I think he was kind of putting out his feelers to see what social media thought of the idea of Logan Paul sticking around with WWE. And this might be it. This might be the bridged gap. Like maybe he'll do another couple weeks and then maybe do the bad bunny thing where he'll disappear for six months to a year and then maybe come back and do some, another program with someone. But well, yeah, I, I think that we're going to see more of Logan Paul. I don't think that this is a one and done. Well, I got to ask all you guys this, just as people that have now been, you know, at observers and watchers of wrestling for quite some time. Would you have been able to tell the difference between what the old Paul brother did there tonight in the ring and a hell of a lot of the guys that are down in NXT right now? No, it was good. It was a good match, yeah. dude. I mean, it was overall a, a, a solid match. And, like, again, it goes back to even what we were saying before. Some of these guys are surprisingly good. You know, Logan Paul has fight training. He's not completely foreign to the concept. You know, it's just here you are putting him in WrestleMania – and spinning the fucking gun, hopefully not, you know, getting the bullet. And Logan Paul ends up being a win. He could have easily been a horrendous match, Joe. We didn't know, you know. That's yeah, true. And also, the crowd was into it. We have to, you know, we have to say that much. So the crowd was invested in the match. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I mean, Miz turned on Logan Paul, and a lot of people reacted like the Miz was turning babyface. But you know, when the Miz left the ring, Logan Paul was still in the ring, laid out, and he was like not too far away from the Mysterios. And if Logan Paul's going to stick around, I do not see the Miz being a babyface. I think no. Logan, especially, and remember, everybody needs to remember, and because the pre-show, his brother Jake Paul was being interviewed. And they right. brought up Cleveland because if everybody remembers that segment where Miz and Logan Paul were in Cleveland and they're both from Cleveland and Miz was like, nobody stays in Cleveland. Like, you go on, to you move away and then you succeed. And Logan Paul had that reaction like, you know, like, I don't agree with you. So I think in the end, I think if Logan Paul does stick around, would not surprise me if he actually plays the baby face. But I will say this, you know, coming out with the Pokemon card, a lot of people had no idea that he's done that before. But also, him mimicking Eddie Guerrero because Ray was going to do the three amigos, and he didn't. And then Logan Paul does it, and then he climbs the top rope and does the shimmy, and the crowd, especially in Texas, they hated Logan Paul. But we're not going to be in Texas, you know, eventually, so I think Logan Paul, yeah. if he can, if he sticks around, you know somebody's got to guide him, obviously. So um, you know if he sticks around, I could see uh, Miz remaining as a heel. I don't see Logan Paul being a heel and Miz being a heel. 
Yeah, no, I agree with that. I, and we'll see what happens with them from there. But we move on to the next match. We have uh, Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair. Singles match for the WWE Raw Women's Championship. Both women opened up with uh, exorbitant entrances. Uh, oh, Becky yeah. Lynch coming in from uh, uh, Cyberpunk 2078. So that was nice, you know, looking like uh, – what did somebody say online? Looking like a hooker from the Jetsons. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, she, she had a look on her. Bianca Blair had that entire marching line, which was pretty fucking awesome too. Um, the match overall, I, I'll be I'll be honest, guys. I was expecting a lot more from this than I got. I know that yeah. there's a lot of people that loved this match, and kudos to them. But this match just. It felt a little bit short. I, I liked that Bianca was a lot more commanding in this match, which was good because that's something she's not always doing. She's not commanding a match. But Becky Lynch looked like she was kind of the weak link for most of this match, and considering she was the champion, it really shouldn't have been that way. What did you guys think? I, I said it to you, you know, in the chat earlier while this match was happening. Uh, I'm I'm a little concerned for Becky. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I something looks off with her. Something looks, something feels. I don't know what's going on with her, but it, it's not good. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know, man. When you said this was a little short, if anything, I felt it was a, a little long. Uh, the finish brought it all back together, though. That looked like a million bucks, and the people loved it. So, you know, they were there at the end, and they were happy with it, but. There does reach this point with the title matches and, uh, you know, not even the title matches, the regular matches on every show where it's just false finish, false finish, false finish, false finish, false finish. It's like, uh, just get to the fucking point. Get to the point. You're better off having an eight-minute long match where both competitors are actually over and the thing works and it ends with people happy than uh, happy Corbin. Uh, and then it end, instead of it going 15, 20 minutes and everybody's kicking out of everybody's thing and I'm going to jump off the fuck, I'm going to do a moonsault off the moon. Get it? It's just boring at some point. It just becomes boring and redundant. But you're right. The match itself left a little something to be desired. But nonetheless, like I said, it came full circle. That finish looked, whew, that looked real good. That looked devastating. And I actually like that. So wasn't bad, but like I said, I feel like it was just a little long. That's all. What do you think, Kev? I thought it was a good match. I enjoyed it. I had a big fight feel. I liked the entrances. I thought it was strange that the challenger had a bigger, more bravado entrance than the champion. Uh, but then again, Bianca was the headliner last year, and so she's coming in. You know, she's top-tier wrestler. Uh, I thought they had a good match. Becky is definitely different. I agree with Joe. This is not the Becky Lynch that we remember from a couple of short years ago before she left to have the baby. Uh, definitely a lot thinner, like more wafier. She looks a lot smaller uh, next to Bianca. Bianca looks so much more like physically fit than her. Yes. But, uh, yes. you know, we, we agreed we liked the new haircut. We talked about it the other day. She, I like the new haircut. It makes it look a little bit different. But it's definitely a, a different Becky Lynch. I can't put my finger on what needs to be changed uh, for the better. I thought she put on a good performance. The cr Again, the crowd was invested in it. It wasn't like dead during spots. They were into it. And uh, Bianca got the big win. I enjoyed the match. I would say that this was up-tempo from here of how I was enjoying match-by-match uh, match, uh, the pay-per-view overall. And this, this yeah. had me on my feet. I enjoyed it. Good. What was your thoughts, DT? I enjoyed the match tremendously. I mean, 
I, I've been talking about this since SummerSlam. This was a storyline that began at SummerSlam. And uh, I know along the way, there was a little bit of frustration. A lot of people thinking that WWE was not going to go through with, you know, uh, Bianca getting her win back and getting that WrestleMania moment again. Uh, having that uh, that choir, I don't know the name of the, the, the band that did the entrance for her, they were phenomenal i mean it gave me yeah. flashbacks of john cena wrestlemania i think 24 when he came out with the marching band but uh yeah. you know bianca i mean we know her strength we know her ability we know that she could put on a top quality match and you know i i i know a lot of people were frustrated when she lost at SummerSlam. I know a lot of people go out there the, the night of SummerSlam, oh, you see black champions not being respected. You know, it's not always about black and white. And that's the thing that frustrated me. But tonight, one thing that was different when she won that championship, it was far less about people focusing on color. And just the fact that Bianca Belair is one of the top performers in that company. Um, I thought psychologically it you know it told a really great story today uh it did um it did get a little bit mushy at times because you saw some move sets repeated when bianca yeah. picked up becky to dump her i know that she reversed it the third time but it seemed like they were going through a motion and at one point i think you know i don't think bianca i mean becky is too small but when you do get smaller you do lose a little bit of muscle mass and you do lose a little bit of strength. And towards the end right. of that match, it seemed like Becky was a little bit extra spent because she tried to pick up Bianca once or twice and it seemed like she was struggling. I mean, I know they brawled for about 20 minutes, but it just yeah. seemed like at the very end, everybody was spent. And look, when she did that, uh, they called it a drop kick off the top rope, and she connected right on Bianca's, I think, left eye. So, you know, they they had to bring it to a close soon because I don't know if she's going to have any bruising or swelling tomorrow, but I thought it told a great story. I mean, you know, Bianca is a top performer. She got a WrestleMania moment, and I think Bianca's value now is 10 times more than what it was at SummerSlam. Oh yeah, no, don't don't get me wrong. My my lack of enjoyment in this match isn't because I don't think that both these women are capable of putting on a great match. I just for whatever reason I didn't connect with this match. I thought that it was going to be a little bit more vicious considering that we saw what Bianca Belair did to Becky Lynch, what Becky did back to Bianca Belair, and then Bianca finally cutting her hair like you're getting to this point where it should be like a blood feud and it felt very exhibition to me and i'm sorry that i feel that way but when you're already attacking people and they're they're bleeding in multiple different segments and stuff you're expecting maybe not blood but you're expecting a lot more visceral action i do agree that becky lynch did get fucked up you could see it around her face around her orbital even at the end of the match there was some peeling of the skin so she definitely got rocked a few times but I don't know, man. I just I didn't really connect with this one. And I agree with you that Bianca Blair is definitely a bigger star now than even at SummerSlam. She's doing well for herself. She's established as a main event talent. Absolutely. As far as the women's division goes, more people would rather see a Bianca Blair match than a Queen Zelina or a Carmella match easily. So that's a positive. I got a question for all of you. 
do you worry? Because when Bianca won last year at Mania and she was champion last year, um, her reign seemed to have fallen flat. And I know we were still deep in COVID, not like it is right now, but what's the immediate future for Bianca's champion? If her reign starts to really fall flat again, is she more of that Dusty Rhodes type where the money is her chasing the title, not actually having a long reign with the title? Well, she's wearing the wrong hat. That's the problem. I mean, that's that's ultimately the biggest issue that she's going to have going forward. You have this woman who is strong. She's athletic as hell. She's braggadocious. Her entire gimmick is basically just look at how amazing I am. Yet she's a, a baby face. And she's going against a woman who used to be called the last kicker and the man. And there was something very physically imposing to her, like, it was believable at points where you'd go, you know what? Yeah, Becky could go have a fight with Ronda. Or Becky could stand in the ring and throw fucking bows with Charlotte. Now I look at Becky and I go, you got to turn this chick baby face because she looks so small and she's looking so slight that this isn't imposing. And I'm not here to fucking judge her, man. She's getting into her 30s. She's had a child. You know, your priorities in life change. It's a little bit more important to make sure your kid's taken care of than it is for you to get a couple of extra reps in at the gym. So it is what it is. But still, ultimately, then, if we're going to adjust that way, then we got to adjust with what we're doing here on the show. She can't go out there and be this tough, intimidating chick when she doesn't look like that. And the girl that she's fighting, who's supposed to be the baby face, looks like she could eat her alive. It doesn't make sense, and it doesn't look good. Bianca needs to be the heel. I mean, desperately needs to turn heel. And eventually, sooner than later, Becky's got to change. Becky's got to go back to being a baby face. But that's it. She's wearing a wrong hat. And if they continue to go this route of making her smiling Bianca with the long hair and the dancing and the coming out skipping, this shit's going to fall flat on its face again. And hopefully... They do something about it before we're singing the same song in 11 and a half or 11 to what, 364 days, probably. Yeah, but it's a really good chance we will, and that's unfortunate. We move on to the next match of the card. Obviously, the, the big one that everybody's been talking about for over a month was who was Seth Rollins going to face at WrestleMania. We get to the final big reveal. Seth coming out uh, wearing some weird blue lingerie. I, I guess that was. <laughs> I don't think it was lingerie. <laughs> My fiance said that he'd take one of uh, Becky Lynch's outfits. Oh yeah, that was that was definitely something that uh, Becky wore on their honeymoon or some shit like that. But, I did uh, like that. You know, the choir doing the oh oh, oh yeah, the kids, the kids, yeah, oh kids. oh, and like no, nah, I can't hit that note. But, uh, yeah, I, I liked his entrance. I mean, Seth is over, man. I mean, I'm just a little surprised that we didn't get Mr. McMahon to maybe go on the stage. And, you know, since he was the one that chose Seth Rollins' opponent. You wanted Vince McMahon to intro Cody Rhodes? No, I just wanted to maybe go on the stage and say, like, you know, your next, you know, here's your opponent. And then. When the lights all went out, I'm going to be honest. Even though they did the fireworks going down the rampway, when the lights went out, 
and they focused on the crowd and you saw just nothing but the lights from the iPhones, I for a minute thought, holy shit, are we going to get the return to The Fiend? Yeah, a lot of people uh, thought that. I did not think The Fiend before today. I only thought um, Cody Rhodes. I did think maybe Vince could troll and have Shane come out first and Seth immediately tosses him aside and he says, this is bullshit. I want them more. And then Cody comes out. But um, I never thought about Bray. But when Wyndham posted that tweet that he was in Dallas and he was there, I believe, to pay respects to The Undertaker, not everybody does it publicly, but I honestly, when those lights went out, I honestly, for a split second, was like, holy shit, could it be Bray Wyatt? And I thought, I wonder how that crowd would react if it was Bray Wyatt. How would you have reacted if it was Bray Wyatt? There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Indifference, because uh, at this point the guy is really blown. I mean, I don't know how many chances Bray Wyatt could have been given to, to really do something. I get it. The Fiend thing had a, a shelf life, and it got over for the time it did. We saw Bray in so many different incarnations as the spooky man with the spooky crew who constantly lost and had very mediocre at best matches. Uh, truthfully, I mean, I hadn't seen this Cody Rhodes guy before, but um, he did pretty good. I, I'd heard about him. Uh, he was he was in Ring of Honor, right? Yes. Is that the story with him? He's uh, he's the son of a son of a plumber. Okay, because I'd heard he was some sort of um, like he he was really really big into like social justice causes, and his <laughs> wife his wife has immaculate feet. That's what I've heard so far. But other than that, I really hadn't seen much of him. Uh, yeah. What the fuck was that thing on his neck? I think that was was that alopecia. Is that I what think that, that was? might have been it? I, it was well. It was weird. It, it kind of looked like he got it out of a gumball machine. But I mean, I think this kid could do something. Well, yeah. I, I want to let everyone know there is an interview that was released tonight that Variety had in the bag with Cody Rhodes already. Uh, and if those haven't figured it out, Cody Rhodes was the opponent for Seth tonight. You know, it was funny. Cody came out to his same entrance, same music, same outfit. And I saw a lot of people trying to use that as a dig at WWE, like, oh, so creative. Cody came out to the same things that, a- that you know AEW stuff. And I'm like, no, 
This is actually the stuff that Cody came up with that was used in AE. That's what a lot of people understand. A lot of the creative from the music to the, to the outfits, to the intro, to everything else, you know, when you hear, you know, the promos that, oh, AEW doesn't get into the trademarking and the copywriting. They should. They should, but they don't. But all this that you saw, this is Cody's stuff. So, no, they didn't just uncreatively use AEW's entrance. No, this was Cody's entrance, and he brought it to WWE. But the variety Are you interview- surprised, DT? Are you surprised that uh, Cody didn't debut on Monday? No, no, no. I mean, I, I look, we've been saying it for five weeks, and I appreciate, Sal, what you sent earlier. For five weeks, we said that the first Raw that he would appear would be the roar after WrestleMania. Look, I have a banner already queued up for Monday. And if people haven't realized it, I used that banner three weeks ago. The only difference was I had a question mark after WrestleMania. I mean, you know what I mean? Like Cody, you know, like I wrote on the predictions on Thursday, you know, a lot of these people online, they clickbaited everyone right into WrestleMania. And I'm a big fan of Meltzer. But when he went on an interview with Denise Salcedo and said, well, Cody, you know, he could back out. And and given the idea that Cody may back out, you know, sorry for the bad Vince McMahon impersonation, but the fate of Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania is not in Cody's hands. <laughs> you go watch that Variety, read that Variety interview, and Cody... Pretty much, he takes the high road about AEW. But Cody also says that it was tough for him to sit back for the last couple of weeks and read people saying that it was because of money and creative. Mm-hmm. And you know, it, there's a you know, it's there's a lot more to it. I mean, of course, money's the but but remember the falling money. out with the young bucks and all that stuff. You know, it's just a lot of people were clickbaiting everyone right up to Mania, and. Um, you know, check out that that interview on Variety. It's very, very interesting. Can, can we also point out this big thing about this? And I can't see the chat room, so I, I but I'm sure people won't be happy uh, to hear me say this. But uh, in terms of the house always winning, can we agree that at this point WWE is the house? They convinced Tony Khan, or not they, but Tony Khan was basically convinced to spend millions of dollars to take a mid-card act from the WWE, present him like Christ on the cross, and add more value to his name than he ever could have in WWE with any amount of pushing and any amount of effort, stop and stop, stop and go booking, whatever it might have been. And essentially, Tony Khan backed the Brinks truck up so that way they could add enough value to Cody Rhodes' name so he could go to WWE and beat one of their top guys at WrestleMania. I mean... He got he got worked. I mean, Tony Khan got played like a fucking fiddle in this situation. Really looking at it, and realistically, Cody Rhodes for you know any amount of fucking around, any hard time I could give him, any sort of past you know transgressions with the guy, he he played this well. He found a way to go to that company, get get and do exactly what he wanted to do to the position no longer played in his favor. Now he's left. WWE's in such a desperate state that they're begging people like Lita to come back to wrestle. And, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin, who hasn't touched a ring in 19 years, they're saying, here's a blank check, whatever you want, we'll give it to you. So Cody Rose can show up, neck tattoo and all, music, entrance, get presented as the second coming. 
And WWE goes, yeah, sure, no problem. Cody won and WWE won in one fell swoop. It's, it's quite interesting, actually. Can I just say two very quick things? I, I promise I'll be really fast with this. Number one, um, you know, Cody put on a, a phenomenal performance today. Uh, in that interview with Variety, one thing that he really pushed hard is that he wants to lit, he wants to pretty much something on his bucket list. He wants to do what his dad didn't do, and he wants to be heavyweight champion, um, which is very interesting because I go back to the beginning of AEW. Why even do that stipulation that he would never be heavyweight champion? Now I'm starting to think to myself, maybe Cody never wanted or never really considered heavily that if his first heavyweight championship reign would be AEW over WWE, maybe that's why that stipulation was done. So it would be out of the way, so it wouldn't be any pressure for him to be heavyweight champion, but he he's going to be WWE champion. Second thing I wanted to say, and, you know, I really mean this, and I'm just an outsider looking in, but, you know, I'm sure friends text each other, but the fact that everybody lives, eats, sleeps, and shits online, and every little thing about themselves is online, I found it so disrespectful tonight to find Tony Khan, the Young Bucks, and a bunch of others that just, you know, out of respect, you don't tweet like props to Cody Rhodes for the performance he did at WrestleMania tonight. And the reason why I say that is because Cody signed with WWE many, many weeks ago, and Cody was still on social media putting over people in AEW, putting over the school, putting over students, putting over other people. And at the end of the day, this guy, you know, is taking the high road about AEW, not trying to put dirt out there. He told Variety, I'm not putting any dirt. There's not going to be any shoot interview. But, you know, he's got nothing but love for AEW publicly. And these people were so butt-fucking-hurt that they couldn't even just post a little tweet showing a little, you know, props. to It's, it's respect. Yeah. It's respect yeah. because Jericho has tweeted... WWE guys recently and WWE people have tweeted AEW people recently. It's a matter of respect within the business. And the fact that they all, you know, are acting right now like they were sleeping, maybe they were walking the dog, maybe they were in the shower, you know, maybe they, you know, the, the power went out. Like the fact that so many of them, it was so fucking petty at the end that they couldn't just show a little respect for Cody you know, for putting on that kind of performance today and understanding that Cody did nothing malicious to hurt AEW, I thought that was cheap. I thought that just showed, you know, the the true character of some of the people there. I agree with uh, you, Anthony, 100%. I saw your tweet and I agreed with it, uh, absolutely. I thought it's just a matter of class. It's just uh, respect. The guy helped build that company, AEW, is a big part of it. He didn't leave in a bad way. He didn't trash anybody going out the door. He did the right thing. It just goes to show you that pettiness is just an, a, a big narrative in the country, and it continues in wrestling like it does in politics, like it does in news, like it does in the media, and that's very unfortunate. I thought Tony Khan, w- I, honestly, I was looking for it, Anthony. I, I thought Tony Khan 
John Woodchuk. Hey, congrats to my friend, my longtime friend Cody Rose. Excellent performance tonight. What? No, I, I can't believe that nobody did that. I'm sure Cody was very hurt by that. And by the way, to get to his um, debut tonight or his re-debut, I thought it was excellent. I loved it. I am not even a big Cody Rhodes fan. I mean, I wasn't a guy who picked on him all the time and stuff. I know certain people had a certain thing with him. I was kind of indifferent to him, to be honest with you. And I was a big fan of his dad. But I was generally excited tonight when I heard that there's more than one royal family wrestling. Like, and I got hyped. I was literally getting chills when he came out. I was excited for the people who were excited in the crowd. And I loved his entrance, man. I thought it was great. And uh, excellent, solid debut. Uh, Rollins did the job, as I thought. I, I was getting a little nervous. There. I thought he was going to beat Cody at a couple of points. Uh, it's a nice matchup. The two of them matched up very well together. Uh, in the end, Cody gets the big W. Where does he go from here? I don't know. But it was a solid debut. And uh, props to Cody. I, th- I thought the WWE handles his uh, re-debut as great as they could, uh, using the, the same music. Everything that Cody created with his character that he has now came in as as is. And I thought it was an excellent job. I, I loved it. And I'm going to watch it again after I get off the show. I'm going to watch the replay. One quick thing. Um, two wrestlers, people wanted examples. WWE wrestlers recently all sent props to Jeff Hardy go and, and with his first match in AEW, and they also sent props to Sting as well for what he did wow. at Revolution. So, Wow. Next matchup on the card we have is Charlotte Flair defeating Ronda Rousey via pinfall in a singles match for the WWE Women's SmackDown Championship. You guys' thoughts? It, it was okay. I mean, there, I, I really feel like there's not a lot of meat on this bone. I'll be honest with you. I mean, the, the first match that they had was really, really goddamn good. I mean, it was the first match was much, much better than this. I think you and I have talked about this a couple of times already, Mish. And I, I think, you know, I'm sure Kevin, you too, and I'm sure you and DT have had the conversation. This Ronda run doesn't feel the same as the first one, really, in any capacity. Uh, this match itself was just, it, it was okay. I mean, that's really how I felt about it. And that's unfortunate because, you know, Charlotte's great. And Rondo, you know, by hook or by crook, she's got the name. She's got the look. She's the, you know, she should be the whole package for them. But, yeah, I mean, this was just, it was it was okay. That's the best way I could say it. I mean, it's, it was just all right. Well, I'm, I'm going back. Their, their WrestleMania match was what? Uh... It was 2019, and that that was, um, I'm looking at the date, I, April 7th, 2019. And the reason why I'm bringing that up is if you go to WrestleMania 35, which was the match that she had with Becky and Charlotte, you know, I mean, she had, Mish and I have talked about this match in more than one time, the Survivor Series match that she had with Charlotte. You know, but keep in mind that even before that Survivor Series match, she wrestled at least seven, eight times. And after that Survivor Series match, she wrestled another 11 or 12 times. So she had quite a few matches under her belt. And I know Saudi Arabia, they did the mixed tag, more for storyline than anything else. But when she beat Sonya Deville, it was like this. On the house shows, she did next to nothing. And to me, you know, even though she's training in the school with Sonya Deville, I don't think Ronda Rousey had enough matches back in her in her return to get back Shana. in the swing of things. She's training with Shayna, not Sonya. Uh, Shayna, I'm sorry, Shayna Baszler. I, I'm sorry, but it just seemed like 
you know, okay, she, you know, anybody could be great in a video game if you're playing the easy computer. You know, but then if somebody fills in for the computer and it's someone who's experienced, now not only do you have to do the moves, but you also have to sell. You have to reverse. You have to play defense. And it just seemed, you know, when she was giving those arm drags to Charlotte today and she did three of them, by the third one, I don't think Charlotte was even prepared to take that third one. And it looked like a mess. And even this, I I, I made sure to cap this. I don't know if if you all saw this, but um, the moonsault that Charlotte did. Look at this. Uh, um, wait, here we go. I th- no, wait. Is this it? Hold on. Yeah, watch. There's the moonsault. Oops. Let me do it again. You know, like Rhonda, I, I don't even think realized she wasn't even in place where she was supposed to. This match right. just felt sloppy. Um, I don't know. I just, the end was good. But most another, of the match, yeah. Another match that should have been completely visceral. Uh, we've talked about it ad nauseum, the fantastic match that they had in Survivor Series a few years back, and the capability of both of these women. Another setup where both women bloodied each other, another setup where both women were visceral to each other before this feud even, to, to launch this feud. And this was supposed to be the payoff. You're right, there was a lot of botches in this. There was a lot of sloppiness in this. I don't know if I want to completely put it on the shoulders of Rhonda, but clearly she was she was at fault for most of it. Um, I don't know why you're. I don't understand how you can have two major professionals, even of different sports, but two major professionals that understand the weight of what a WrestleMania pretty much main event match is supposed to be, and they go out there and they perform like this. Look, I I know Charlotte might have been a little bit flustered. Uh, Obviously, if people didn't notice, you know, one of her titties popped out and they immediately blacked out the screen for a few seconds so people didn't see it. I wouldn't be surprised if that kind of fucked her up, too. You know, just having your your shit out there like that. Um, But overall, this match did not have the visceral attitude. It didn't have the, the, the viciousness that you would have expected between Charlotte and Ronda. And, uh... Go ahead. Uh, Mitch, I'm, I'm a few hours late to my prediction from earlier in the day, but uh, I think I can safely say it. Uh, Mandy Rose had a better match today than Charlotte Flair. How the fuck did yeah. that happen? Yeah. I mean. Because Ronda doesn't we, want to be a fucking face, dude. That's literally what it is. I've complained about this before. Ronda doesn't want to be a face. She doesn't. No. She doesn't like people. There's a reason why she's the most hated female athlete on social media. Like, this girl does not want to be out there smiling. She comes down to the ring looking like a, a like the angel of death with her black-on-black black makeup and her the baddest across her chest. Even her kilt was all black today. It's like, dude, you don't dress like that and go, Hi, everybody, I'm socially friendly. Hi. Yeah, but, you, but you also have to be good enough to be a heel. Like, that's, that's I the thing. Could. I think she could tell people what the fuck she thinks of them, and I think people would respond. We joked right, about that. Right, but she'd get in the ring and flop around like a fish. Like, it's just not, it's not good, dude. Like, it's not. It's so weird. Because Shayna gets it a lot better. Shayna Baszler, obviously another MMA girl, too. She seems to understand her role a lot better. And when they let Shayna move, all of a sudden you have great Shayna matches. And I think Ronda's in that same boat. I don't know if she's just nervous or she second guesses herself. I mean, Jesus Christ, 
How do you have bad matches with Charlotte fucking Flair? I you know gotta try. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people don't like her and they think that she hogs up the, the, the limelight and it's all about her and she doesn't give anybody any room to breathe and shit like that. But, I mean, to sit there and think that Charlotte's just a, just a punk... Come on, man. It's like that. It's you have to try. Like you just said, man, it's it was a it was not a good match. It was the women just weren't fucking rolling on all cylinders tonight, in my opinion. This should have been a street fight. Should have been a street fight. Plain yeah. and simple. Yeah. I mean, they could have they could have used some Singapore canes. Um, some of the hard bumps they took outside the ring. Nobody cared about some of the uh, the the drops off the the, the top, top and middle rope nobody cared about if they would have just had a flat out brawl with uh, that's what they should have done yeah one of their best matches was with fucking kendo sticks they were literally beating the crap out of each other for weeks outside of the ring we weren't expecting a ring match dude there was a bunch of things you know what joe when we made these jokes earlier and i think i even made this joke with you too kev this should have been a damn texas bull rope match why not or right. a submission match. Why not? You know? Right. Well, if anything, that's the, these stipulations are used to hide the fact that you're dealing with somebody that, like, like DT said, she's wrestled, what, half a dozen matches in three years? I mean, my God. It's, it's, it's on a level of, uh, you know, it's almost unfair to say to her, Jesus Christ, though, why aren't you great? It's like she's barely done anything. She's barely wrestled. So they need to go out of their way, too, to try to cover up a little bit for these people, too. Ronda Rousey is going to get paid a lot of money. Ronda Rousey is going to be used as a marquee talent. Great. Okay. If we know that she's, you know, oh, well, she's working out and practicing in a ring somewhere. Well, yippee. I can throw a baseball real hard against the fence. That doesn't mean I should go fucking play. For the God, well, maybe I could play for the Pittsburgh Pirates at this point, but uh, th- that doesn't mean anything. You have to go and actually do it. The, you are not going to get better in wrestling unless you are actively doing it all of the time. They can't just go, well, you know, you used to be really good at MMA, so uh, ta-da. Like, no, that, that's not how this works. But, yeah, this match was a disappointment. That's the nicest way to say it. What do you think, Kev? You're being awfully quiet about this one. <laughs> No, I didn't care for this one at all. I don't have anything positive to say, so I'll keep it short. I think they're both passive-aggressive women who don't, you know, I, I think probably Shaw's pissed that she wasn't in the main event. But, yeah, I mean, she's just, uh, I don't know, man. Ronda Rousey, again, much like Becky, came back a, a little bit of a different uh, Ronda. I mean, kind of the same but different where she's supposed to be a baby face, and it looks like she's, purposely tanking it you know what i mean Mitch? like she's not even she doesn't look like she wants to uh you know be there in a baby face role which i don't understand because she'll sell a lot more merch if she's a baby face because she does have a fan base let's not deny that she oh, does yeah. have a fan base but the crowd did get very quiet i'm thinking they came down from the cody thing and they were gearing up for the austin match do you guys also think it was positioning that put them in that situation where the crowd was kind of dead because they were gearing up for austin yeah, people are tired too. Yeah. I mean, that's that's part of my thing when I go on my tirades almost, uh, you know, after every pay per view, where I go, yes, the every match does not need to be a twenty minute long, you know, indie rific, you know, bout yeah. for the ages. Like just just have the match, get in, get out, move on with your fucking lives. Like it's just become so excessive that people are so desensitized to it that yeah, you're right. Charlotte's taking some nasty bump to the outside, and people are like, it's, it's crickets. 
They're crickets yeah. for these for these hard, brutal bumps that are really legitimately hurting them. But that's because they've already they've had it. They've had their fill. They've gone back to the buffet three or four times, and now they know that the main course is coming, and it's Stone Cold Steve Austin. And guess what? Ronda Rousey's a big fucking star, but she ain't shit compared to Stone Cold Steve Austin in Texas after them not seeing him for 20 years. You got that right. That's not, yeah. that you're not going to compete. So, yeah, I mean, this was just, I think you're right. This was bad positioning. It was not a good match, and it just wasn't there for them tonight. Go on to the main events. I mean, if you want to call it that, or maybe it was a segment according to Dave Meltzer. Uh, well, before so, uh, that, like, uh, we should mention that uh, they did bring everybody out for the Hall of Fame, and Undertaker, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Undertaker yeah. looking dapper and a uh, yeah. lot smaller. I know it's black. You know, you're wearing black, but looks yeah. smaller. Well, yeah, he looked a little slim. But yeah, he's definitely under three. He's got maybe two seventy, two eighty now, and he used to be about three twenty, three thirty. But yeah, he looks good. We talked. Me and Mitch talked about a Hall of Fame. He had a, a silent suit on, and he looked good tonight. He, he wears it well, actually. And I thought he looked good and uh, a great rousing Texas ovation again, well deserved. Yeah, everybody, yeah. congrats to everybody who was putting the Hall yeah, of Fame. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Steiner's was great to see them. Yeah, 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 for sure. But yeah, then we go on to uh, the Kevin Owens show with uh, Steve Austin. And um, I'm, I'm glad it took place the way it did. Kevin Owens comes out to uh, a bunch of, che- uh, I mean, booze in the, the audience. Uh, he fucking fed into that. Kevin Owens was completely on fire tonight. He sat there. He mocked Texas some more. He mocked Austin some more. And then Austin, the glass breaks, and he comes down to the ring. What did you guys think? I, you know what? I'm still so disappointed in Kevin Owens, Mish. You know that, right? I mean, he had every opportunity in the world to leave WWE and become a true wrestling artist. And here he is. Like Sarcasm, a fucking everybody. idiot. What a fucking idiot this guy is to take $5 million to wrestle Stone Cold Steve Austin in his retirement match in front of 100,000 people. Like a fucking idiot. This guy, what is he thinking? What is he thinking? He know, does he know what he missed out on? He missed, he missed out, out on, on those. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, go ahead. Run, run through some oh, of no, the talent right. that this guy's say, missing dude, out on. He totally had matches with, like, Orange Cassidy. Yeah, yeah. You know what Orange Cassidy does? He gives a thumbs up. I mean, and that's nothing compared to St- who, Stone Cold Steve who? Have you heard of him? Who's that guy? I mean, Jesus Christ. I, uh, Kevin oh, Owens, God, like I said. Yeah, it's a big, big sellout, Kevin Owens. I mean, he's just not truly a wrestling artist. And, you know, if it, if it came down to it, somebody said to me, you know, would you want to wrestle Stone Cold Steve Austin in his retirement match in front of 100,000 people and we're going to pay you $5 million a year? I'd say, absolutely not. There's no chance in hell because what I got to do is I got to follow Britt Baker after bleeding in a cage. That's my dream. That's what artists do. But, uh, no, I mean, on a serious note, this was fun as hell. This was great to see. It was one of those moments that uh, money can buy. And you sometimes sit there and go, Jesus Christ, I wish you guys had paid for this sooner. Uh, It was fun. It was really good. It came off as good as it could. But that's because you had Kevin Owens doing this instead of a fucking happy Corbin. And that's why Kevin Owens gets the pay that he does. And that's why Kevin Owens stayed. And that's why WWE likes him. I fucking love this. I thought it was great. 
What did you think of the moment when uh, the glass shattered there, Kevin? Uh, I loved it. I mean, I was I was amped up. I mean, I wish I had a company over. It was hard watching it by yourself. I'm looking around for someone to get into it with me. Uh, so that's why I was looking forward to doing the recap with you guys. I'm like, wow, this is going to be a, a positive uh, closing for a recap for a pay-per-view because we so many uh, were disappointment or came up short or we had you know diverse opinions on. I was going to say there's nobody on this panel today who was going to Debbie Downer this, this situation. It was fantastic, man. I agree with Joe. I mean, I loved it. Again, I'm going to go watch it again, and I'll probably watch it again after that uh and i only do that when it really uh you know uh sits well with me especially these days in modern wrestling you know and all the curmudgeons online and all the debbie downers like yeah of course a guy you know that haven't created a star in 19 years blah 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 and i'm like just fucking enjoy the moment my god enjoy the moment where, where does austin go from here that's not what this is about. It's he goes back home. That's what he does. He goes back. Exactly. Where does he go from here? He goes to the bar and hangs out with Undertaker. Uh, He's 57 but, years okay. old, for God's sakes, you know? I know. Well, people are just so spoiled from Sting jumping off of things, Joe, that I think yeah, that I guess they're expecting that, Steve to work for different days. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, just to, to wrap it up, I'll let Anthony uh, say his piece. It's uh, there was it went as perfect as it could have went. Uh, the, just like the way Cody went as good as it, it should have gone and could have gone. Uh, WWE delivered on the those two things: the Cody redebut and the Austin match. Let's call it a match because he actually pinned them, and there was a referee, so it was a match. Uh, and it went longer than I thought it would go. It went longer, and they did go out. Mitch, we talked about they were going to go out into the stadium a little bit. Uh, that happened uh and and yes props to kevin owens too for being that guy uh and i'm sure it was the honor of his lifetime to do this uh that's what these uh dumbasses uh on other shows and other uh, uh podcasts don't understand is it's not burying kevin owens this is the ultimate ultimate compliment because he's such a good worker that he could protect austin have a realistic fight with him and do the job and make it look good and he did and everybody i think went home in that stadium happy and i think everybody in uh on the other end of television went uh said wow i had a good time watching this tonight loved it i have no complaints i will say this um i invite everyone out there to go to Kevin Owens's Twitter. This morning, Kevin Owens posted a probably about a 30 second video. And um, all he was talking about was he is going to main event WrestleMania Kevin Owens show. And he was almost brought to tears. So people understand not only how valuable Kevin Owens is to WWE. But remember, Kevin Owens has been doing a stunner for a very long time, and this was not to ultimately lead to a match. Steve Austin was retired. Steve Austin, you know, I think, and I wonder if Sting had any influence on Steve Austin, like, hey, Sting, Sting's rules, as I always say on my shows, that maybe Steve Austin, I'm sure Vince has asked him many times over the years, and, you know, he's done some stunners at Mania not too long ago, but um, when this first started and they cha- he, Kevin Owens challenged him to a match, you know, right there, you know, you, you just knew that this was going to be something special. When he got on the mic and said he had his first match in Dallas, Texas, he's going to have his last match in Dallas, Texas. That's it. Tonight was it. And Steve Austin, after all of these years, I guess he realized, look, I'm 57 years old. My legs don't feel any better. 
My arms don't feel any better. I'm sure he probably recorded himself stomping someone uh, in, in the chest, with you know, stomping a mud hole and watching it back and saying, does this look good enough? And when they first started the match and he was doing the kicks slow, I know the crowd got into it, but it concerned me. And I said, okay, yeah. this feels more like an old timers game that, you know, you do, you know, he's got to do a kick and then he's got to stop. And he's going to do another one. And it's like, you know, you know, I don't, I don't want my last yeah. memory of Steve Austin to be in super slow motion. Then he fucking started boom, 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 boom. And all thoughts. And you know, what's interesting too. I'll say this in closing, you know, when you, we've seen Steve Austin, in pictures on TV, you know, every year we see him, we know what he looks like. When you saw the close up on his face, you could see, you know, that he is aging. He's 57 years old. The weird thing about it. And it was almost like the same with Vince McMahon when he was being interviewed by Pat McAfee. As the interview went on, Vince didn't sound so old anymore. He didn't look as bad anymore. For some reason, it almost looked like he got younger. Steve Austin halfway through that match, for some reason, the wrinkles didn't look as bad. You know, like the aging didn't look as bad. And for a little while, I started flashing back to the early 2000s. And, um, you know, Steve Austin, look, he took a couple of suplexes on the freaking concrete. Kevin Owens yeah. hit him with a stunner, which blew my mind. But in the end, you know, Steve Austin does hit the stunner on Kevin Owens. It didn't look that bad. You know, I mean... Steve Austin was struggling at times when he tried to climb onto the announcer's table. He was struggling. Um, but, yeah. you know, 57 years old, bad knees, bad neck. You know, you know that this was going to take a lot out of him. But you know what? This is so reminiscent of The Undertaker versus AJ Styles. You know, like, nah. you know, like it sucks what happened to Triple H. Triple H is never going to have that you know, match, whether it's cinematic, you know, cinematic or a segment like we got tonight with Steve Austin and Kevin Owens, it's impossible for Triple H to have that. But for, Ke for Kevin Owens to be that person, it's so awesome to see him get that moment. And it's not about having a five-star match. It's about 75,000 fans going fucking batshit to see a 57-year-old man that's only maybe a quarter of what he used to be and still enjoying every minute of it. It's the same reason why people are still into Sting. I've always said this. There's nothing wrong with a little bit of nostalgia as long as it's done in spurts and in moderation. What a nice way for Steve Austin to close his career officially and also to see Kevin Owens main event a WrestleMania. Never thought we would see that. And well and, and you're right, and I think you nailed that. And there's an important thing I want to add to this, where you know there's a real aura of anger and bitterness that goes around the IWC and fandom and smart wrestling fans and anti WWE. Oh, we hate WWE. It's it's hell. It's a prison. Which Cody returned to prison tonight too. We forgot to mention that. But um, it's true. You know, there's there's this whole aura around this company of it being this awful hellscape in this terrible place and we need to do everything we can to get away from it. But if you were around in 2002, 2003, as 
is everybody that's talking currently on this uh, show. If you were to say to somebody, hey, guess what? There's going to be a day where AJ Styles is going to, he's going to main event. He's going to wrestle the Undertaker at WrestleMania. Get the fuck out of here. That's, that's insane. That's the craziest shit I've ever heard in my life. Kevin Steen. Oh, yeah, you know Kevin Steen? Yeah, that guy from Ring of Honor. He's doing the ladder match. So shit. Yeah, he's going he's gonna to retire Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like, are you crazy? This sounds like fantasy land. And guess what? It's come to fortune. So, yeah, guess what? Every single person in wrestling doesn't get to be a huge star. Every person in wrestling doesn't get to main event the big show. Every person doesn't get to hold the belt up and get to be the star with the confetti falling. But if I'm looking at this as somebody that has been actively following independent wrestling and smart wrestling and guys that have come from the bottom all the way to the top, I'm saying to myself, I'm going, Jesus H. Christ, I've watched Daniel Bryan, CM Punk, you know, uh, Kevin Austin, uh, Kevin Owens, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin, like, this is wild. This is wild. And for all the shit, all the madcap mosses and the, the happy Corbins and the baloney you put up with, this is the moment. These are the moments why you bother tuning in. This is the reason why you stay up late. This is the reason why you yell in your cell phone in a parking lot at one thirty in the morning. It makes it worth it. And this was a, a great moment, and I'm glad that I got to see it. And uh, hopefully it meant as just as much to all uh, all us old farts as it does to some of the young people that didn't get to experience Austin. And all I can say is you guys missed out. That's, that's, that's really it. I mean it in the nicest way. You guys missed out, but I hope you get another shot at it again. I hope Joe, you eventually get your own. Do you think – Well said, Joe. You think well – uh, you know, I'm not saying everybody, but you think that – you know, because we enjoyed the Attitude Era, because we enjoyed the Monday Night Wars, because we enjoyed the, the peak of these wrestlers' careers, that there is a subconscious bitterness by a lot of people that, you know, because they didn't get to enjoy it in real time, that you almost got, they almost shame everything else unless it's somebody, their age group, their own that could do, you know, even like a terrible job at it, but they still go batshit crazy over it. Well, it's, it's, and to go in a much darker direction of it, everybody wants to believe they're going to see the end of the world. Do you know what I mean? Everybody thinks that they're going to be here for the end. Someday they're not going to be on this planet. Someday they're going to pass away. And they want to believe that they're going to see it happen and nothing else is going to happen after them. Because it's a, it's a self-importance thing. It's getting to feel like you're the center of the universe. And that's why people have to tell themselves these stories. That's why you have to see these tweets of people going, yeah, Stone Cold Steve Austin, who? Did you hear that CM Punk pop in Chicago? Stop. You're, you're, not ref, you're not living in reality. You're living in the moment. You're a slave to the moment. You want something to be that is not what it is. And yes, we did get to see some incredibly great shit. We did. And you don't get to dwell. You know, you, you, do, you can dwell, but you're not going to be happy if you do. And this current generation of fans that are coming up, I, I want them to find their people. I want them to get the best shit that they can possibly get. But you're not going to get there by taking shit that sucks and convincing yourself it's brilliant. And it's, it's just not going to happen. 
<laughs> that's, that, that's not how it works. And like I said about the Cody situation, millions of dollars were spent to make this guy a star or to send him back to WWE for him to be perceived as a star. And guess what? Now he's back in WWE where he gets to be a star. Because ultimately, whether you know, 90% of the show is falling flat on its face, uh, once again, Kevin Owens, AJ Styles, you know, Daniel Bryan, CM Punk, fill in the blanks. This is where it happens. WWE. This is where it's made. I'm okay. good. No, no, that's what I'm saying. This, this is where it's made. You know, this is where these big stars are made. That's the reality. You know, it's almost like WWE kind of mimics baseball a little bit that, you know, you have to compete now. And WWE, if you have maybe some wrestlers that you know are going to be huge stars, but they're not just there yet, and you really don't have the time, the money, and the energy, or even the desire to get them to that point, all right, you know, we'll let Drew McIntyre go several years ago. Let him remake himself. Let him get that fire. Let somebody else turn him into a million dollars, and then we'll take him back. Cody Rhodes, all right, he left his stardust. Cody was upset. He knew that he was better. He got that fire under his ass. AEW obviously, you know, helped him as well. He got himself to superstar status. WWE took them back. WWE training Gable Stevenson and this fit program and everything like that. They're going to try to get the stars of tomorrow on the cheap. You think Braun Breaker is making millions of dollars right now? No. But the stars that they can cultivate from day one, they don't have to spend big bucks on. Somebody like an Adam Cole or someone else, all right, you know, they, they're proving that they're, mil- they're one million viewer, you know, attraction, but they haven't gotten to that level yet where they can be the next level. And instead of WWE creatively saying, all right, let's creatively figure out how to get this guy to the next level. They're like, all right, no, you know what? Let him go. And if he finds himself and he really starts kicking ass, then we'll just offer him more money and hopefully he comes back. So it's it's smart business in a lot of ways. And that's not, that's that's not shade on AEW too. No, but you also have to think of it's, it's basic business shit. Like if you go, if you're a hospital and you hire a doctor you didn't pay for that doctor to go to medical school. <laughs> you, that doctor went and did it himself. Kevin Owens went and sent himself to wrestling school. Kevin Owens traveled around the world on sometimes, I'm sure, his own dime and other people's dimes to get him to a place yeah. where he could eventually show up in WWE and be the guy that beats Stone Cold, or excuse me, uh, he retires Stone Cold in the main event of a WrestleMania. And they can create a performance center. And they can do everything they can to say, this is where we're going to create our future. But sometimes you just got to find people that have already kind of, they went and they paid their own way. They went and they got their own degree. Look at Wardlow. If that guy blows up to like the next Batista, his contract is up. WWE says, all right, what is AEW offering you? All right, we'll triple it or we'll double it. You know, and then that's the problem. You know, you got to go back to AEW and will AEW match it? That's where you, you know, you got to see. Um, but this is why it's great to be wrestling fans because we get to enjoy, you know, the, the, the product of what these wrestlers try to make themselves out to be. I, I enjoyed WrestleMania tonight. It was very long. Um, and we got to do it again tomorrow. Oh, uh, well, I, I'm, I'm only hoping that, um, it's a little less, you know, a little lighter on the fluff. Let's put it that way. A little lighter in the fluff. I can't watch the same six Peacock commercials over and over again, by the way. 
uh, Jesus tap dancing Christ. I get it. The Will Smith has a show. I get it. The Tiger King has a show. For the love of God, give me something else. <laughs> any ad, pick any ad at this point. Geico, I don't care. But yep, we'll be right back. I guess tomorrow night, huh? Yeah, I'm down. Yeah, yeah. seems like so. Back in the saddle. That works for All me. Right. All right, Mish, um, I'm going to close out my end. I'll disconnect from you guys so you could close out your show however you do. I will send you the audio later on as well. Sure. Sure. Much love, my friends. I will definitely talk to you all again tomorrow. Everybody live on YouTube, do not go anywhere because we're not done just yet. Mish, much love, my friend. Kev, nice to talk to you again. And Joey, nice to talk to you as well. Yeah, thank you, and happy belated birthday, buddy. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you very much. All right, man. Be well, guys. Talk Catch to you tomorrow. soon. Okay. Peace. Peace, YouTube. All right. So, guys, um, I guess that is, I, I know the right side. Oh, you know what? We could actually do this. Oh, no, we can't do that. Hold on. All right, that's better. See, I'm closing things down a little prematurely. All right. Uh so I guess, based on your approval, we will do this again tomorrow. Uh, we'll do the same setup like tonight. Uh, myself, Mish, Kevin Castle, Joey Numbers, we'll do WrestleMania night two. We'll start five minutes after the show ends. Uh, before we go, I want to give some shout-outs. And I uh, want to thank you all for spending your night with us tonight. And, uh, ooh, that's not going to work. This will work. Casey is raw. He might be biased, but he gives it an 8 out of 10. You know what? I give it a 9 out of 10. Um, the Charlotte match was disappointing. You know, the New Day, I, I got to be honest with you, the New Day, Sheamus and Ridge Holland. It probably would have felt like a SmackDown match. I'm kind of glad it got cut. Nothing against him personally, but, you know, they can do a kickoff match tomorrow. So uh, other than that, you know, I think they delivered tonight. For what was advertised, I think that they delivered. Um, So I give it a 9 out of 10. My favorite match of the night, boy, um, it's got to be Cody and Seth Rollins. Uh, The match itself was fucking solid. I mean... You go back when Seth Rollins dropped Cody off the top rope. If you look at it closely, Seth Rollins, I mean, Cody Rhodes looked like he was dead. I mean, give that guy credit because he just sells beautifully. The facial reactions, if you look closely, the guy, I mean, he's earned what he's getting. I mean, I'm not the biggest Cody fan. Let me just make this clear. But he backed it up in the ring. He's backed it up before. And guess what? He doesn't have to go through a flaming table. He doesn't have to do some of the, you know, more crazy shit. Got to go check out that Variety interview. Because it really does reveal a little bit as far as what they want to do. Roger Rubio, he loved Mania tonight. Loved the recap. Let's enjoy tomorrow too. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. You know, hopefully they'll end a little bit earlier tomorrow because I do have to work on Monday. But nice talking to you, Roger. Um, Casey was there. He enjoyed being at WrestleMania. And he hopes everyone at home did as well. I think everybody enjoyed it. 
And I think tomorrow, believe it or not, tomorrow's going to be even better, I believe. I think Roman and Brock are going to tear it up. AJ and Edge are going to tear it up. I think Sami Zayn and Johnny Knoxville, for what it's worth, is going to be tremendously better. Um, Any other matches? Let's hope they over-deliver. Dennis Slusher, the second. He thinks Logan Paul would be a good fit. He's a natural heel. People hate him. And uh, black number three is where we can find him. Very cool, very cool. Love the hat. Seriously, I'm not kidding. Um, a lot of people are trying to get me to buy one of those Tony D'Angelo hats. You don't think I have one already? I got it in Rockaway at the parents' house. It's really my father's, but I used to wear it once in a while. So, uh, yeah, maybe uh, maybe I'll have to take that back and wear it on an upcoming show. But, uh, Dennis, much love. Dennis, much love. NBA, DeCali. He hasn't watched wrestling or wrestling shows since last WrestleMania, but he just wanted to say how happy he was to see us back tonight. Now, look, you know, it was WrestleMania. We always felt WrestleMania was going to be good. I mean, I know a lot of shows out there, worst caught ever, this is going to suck. I mean, seriously, in the history of WrestleMania, it is very extremely, unbelievably rare that a WrestleMania sucks. We were confident that this was going to be an excellent mania, and it delivered tonight. So, you know, everybody was in a good mood, and, you know, the the thought was, you know, why don't we all do a recap together? We put it out there. There was a lot of interest, and we did it. You know, we'll do it again tomorrow. Where it goes from here, you know, I don't want anybody to start, you know, getting their hopes up. I mean, maybe we'll do uh, an episode once in a while. You know, but one thing is for certain, we're all wrestling fans at the end of the day, you know, and we have different views and everything. And, you know, that's the cool thing about wrestling. You know, you can get together and uh, talk about it, have a little fun. This was a center of controversy a little bit earlier. John Poirier, do I like Oreo cheesecake or carrot cake? Carrot cake, not even close. With the cream cheese top. I could eat a whole cake. If I wasn't on keto and I wasn't trying to cut down weight before my wedding, I would legitimately buy a carrot cake tomorrow and eat the whole freaking cake on the show. That's how much I love carrot cake. What do you all think? Carrot cake or Oreo cheesecake? Cheesecake's all right, too. Mm. But it's got to be the Italian cheesecake that uses the regatta cheese. Herbert Doherty enjoyed... The four of us back together, and I thank you very much, my friend. I'm glad you liked it. I hope everybody liked it. We didn't rehearse. We didn't plan. I took no notes. I didn't write down one thing today. All I did was grab screenshots all night, and uh, it's fun. It was fun. Dennis also says watching Austin gave him chills multiple times. It did for me as well. I mean, like I said, at the beginning of the match, I got a little bit concerned. You know, the, the, the pause between all the kicks made me wonder, you know, is this all he could do? And then he quickly erased that. And to see him taking suplexes, brawling up the rampway, brawling into the crowd, you know, I did get a kick out of him putting Kevin Owens on the 4 by 4 and riding up the rampway. I think that was Steve Austin's way of saying, look, my legs are good enough for this match, but I ain't walking down and up that rampway. Uh-uh. 
So he got they got on the the four wheel to ride up the rampway to save the walk. And you know what? They got a couple of extra moves out of Austin as a result. Not saying he couldn't walk the rampway. You got to try to conserve as much energy as you can. Did you notice when he was drinking some of the beers? It looked like he was really winded as well. I think he was popping open the beers to just get a breather. I don't even think it was a matter of being thirsty. I think he was just like, man, I need a break. And I think the beer was the distraction. So King of Games thought Cody was amazing tonight and props to Rollins as well. I agree. I agree. Seth Rollins is a team player. The man loses zero by losing tonight. I am very curious to see what happens on Raw with Mr. McMahon and Cody Rhodes. That is going to be interesting. Um, Cody, a lot of people wonder about turning heel. Uh, I don't know. I mean, anything is possible. But again, I don't mean to keep shilling it, but check out that Variety interview. I think one of Cody's big goals is to become heavyweight champion. Um, go check it out. Go check it out. Uh, Scorpio, I will forward this over to Kevin later. Uh, he obviously was not on video. He was simulcasting from Discord. But uh, he wanted to remind him that CM Punk is in AEW, not WWE. Yeah, I think sometimes we mix up words. You know, I mixed up a name before. I know Mish said that, you know, Becky got hit in the eye when it was beyond. I mean, we all do that. It's, you know, but CM Punk, you know, he's doing a good job in AEW. I hate the comparisons. I hate the comparisons. I mean, um, I'm very disappointed tonight, though, at the lack of, you know, props to their fellow wrestlers. Because if anybody really examines closely on the social media accounts, you see wrestlers from WWE mingling with AEW wrestlers, you know, quite often. I'm sure there's a lot of disappointment and bitterness in AEW for Cody, no question. I mean, that doesn't look good in their eyes no matter what because it just shows that anybody at any time could pick up and leave for greener pastures. A lot of AEW fans are starting to realize this is a business. And in the end, you are going to see some of their young stars ultimately go to WWE. They will realize that it is a business. But just the fact, you know, to see so many people go silent, I just think it's disrespectful for your fellow wrestler. Especially if you look at Cody's Twitter. He's been very, very vocal about a lot of AEW stars up until a day ago. And meanwhile, he was signed with WWE all this time. I think it's very telling to see people out there that just, you know, disappeared. You know, I just, I don't know. But hey, I'm on the outside looking in. I'm not saying that I'm right. I'm just expressing an opinion. And Neil Ray was almost in tears as well with Austin and Cody. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be, you look back at this WrestleMania, there is a couple of moments tonight we'll be talking about for years. I mean, this was this was a good one. And tomorrow, oh, and by the way, we didn't even bring it up. They announced next year's WrestleMania will also be a two-night event in Hollywood. April 1st, April 2nd, 2023. So mark it on your calendars. One year from now, WrestleMania will once again be a two-night affair. So that's pretty cool. And uh, Nero Faye wanted to send a happy WrestleMania weekend and Ramadan Karim. 
So much love to you, my friend. I hope you're feeling good. I hope everything is all right over there. I know there's been uh, some terrible incidents going on, but I just hope you're safe and hope everybody is well. Um, Carazabel, even if you're a casual, that Hall of Fame was really special. It was emotional, funny, inspiring. Gained valuable life lessons from The Undertaker. I thought Charmel's speech was so beautiful. Yeah, she probably rehearsed it a hundred times. But she's so likable. And she was not bad in her role. I loved it. Everybody loved it. It was so sad to see Shad Gaspard's son, see the family of Vader. Um, Vader is more of a celebration. But to see Shad's son, you know, there was a lot of crying in the crowd. There was a lot of crying at home as well. Me, I had to keep the volume super low. For some reason, if I keep it super low, I don't get as emotional. But um, it was it was a very, very good Hall of Fame. You know, uh, doing it in the arena, I liked it. I liked it. I have a feeling WWE will probably do that again next year. So uh, that was good. That was good. And Roger, once again, thank you very much, my friend. So, so fly says Shawmel is very classy. Absolutely. Elegant. She does come off like a queen. And she is beautiful. I mean, she, I loved, and I know this is mushy, mushy shit, but I loved when she still, you know, just loses it in Booker T's eyes. That is awesome to have, you know, a relationship like that after all these years and still be in love like that. That's awesome. That's pretty cool. Um, Darren didn't like the idea of the Hall of Fame in the in the arena. He said fans treated it like wrestling, not a ceremony. You know, yeah, but you know what? I think the wrestlers, that's their environment. You know what I mean? I, I, I'm sure some wrestlers would prefer to have it in, you know, a different environment, but, you know, you're always in the ring, you're walking down a rampway, you haven't been wrestling for a long time, you know, I don't know, I guess to each his own, you know, me, you know, I I think I would love to have it, you know, going down the ring, the rampway one more time, having an entire stadium of fans, but, um, no, I do believe they will ultimately go back to banquet halls, no doubt about it, but, um, I think what they did yesterday was just fine. And uh, Undertaker was really spectacular yesterday. I mean, that was, I I loved the mic setup that he had. I know a lot of people said it looked like a, a shady televangelist, you know, talking like we used to come home at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning and you're trying to see what's on TV and it's advertisements for Girls Gone Wild and televangelists. So, uh, but it was good. It was good. Um, by the way, props again to everybody who was in the watch party yesterday. I can't believe that was only yesterday. I mean, we've had a crazy busy week so far, and it is not over with. So I'm going to wrap this up because we're at 90 minutes. I want to thank you all for spending a little bit of your Saturday night with us. I know it's been a long day between NXT, which I did a recap earlier. And when I go like this, you'll have a link. You want to watch it? Thought NXT was very good as well, and a uh, little swerve there with Dolph Ziggler retaining that championship. Did not see that coming, but 
we talked about the story, the bigger picture, and it all seems to make sense. But, uh, hey, I hope you like this. You know, if you really liked it tonight, obviously smash that like button. Post a comment in the comment section. And if you know anyone else out there that would like the channel, let them know about it. So because of all of your interaction tonight and appreciation and, you know, speaking up, we're going to do this again tomorrow. So about 10 minutes after WrestleMania ends tomorrow, join me right here. I will be here with Kevin Castle, Mish, and Joey Numbers. The four of us will recap WrestleMania 38 night two. I expect it to be even better than today. And if they, if it is, this is going to go down as one of the better WrestleManias in recent memory. So let me know what you thought about Mania tonight. Let me know what you thought about Mania. Um, I liked it. And I think you all as well. Guys, gals, been real. I got a lot of editing and stuff to do. Got to send some files to Mish and uh, get this online and then try to salvage a little bit of sleep. So thank God no afternoon pay-per-view tomorrow to cover. So be well, everybody. I hope to see you all again tomorrow. Have a good night. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a podcaster. For me to live any other way was nuts. To me, those goody-good people who work shitty jobs for bum paychecks and took the subway to work every day and worried about their bills were dead. I mean, they were suckers. They had no balls. If I wanted something, I just took it. I ran everything. I paid the bills. I paid the hosts. I even paid the masked maniac. Everybody had their hands out. Everything was for the taking. We always called each other good fellas. You would always hear from somebody. You're going to like Don Tony. He's all right. He's a good fella. He's one of us. But if you're part of my crew, nobody ever tells you they're going to get rid of you. It doesn't happen that way. There weren't any arguments or curses like in the movies. See, your haters come with smiles. They come as your friends, the people who've claimed they care the most for your life. And now, now that's all over. And that's the best part. Today, everything is different. There's lots of action. I don't have to wait around for everything like everyone else. Oh, I didn't get the vaccine? Fuck you, vaccine me. Oh, your delivery guy has COVID? Fuck you, feed me. Right after I moved here, I ordered egg noodles and ketchup, and I got spaghetti with meat sauce. I'm no longer an average nobody, while they get to live the rest of their lives like a bunch of schnooks. Sean Green here from the Sports Gambling Podcast on Blue Wire. And if you're listening to this right now, there's a good chance you've already been eliminated from your NFL survivor pool. Well, don't worry. We're here to help with our free second chance survivor pool. That's right. We're giving away $3,000 for free in our NFL second chance survivor pool. It starts this weekend. It's completely free. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash survivor. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash survivor.